Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Eight and zero, oh, and a half a season to go. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, still unbeaten in 2022. Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Darren Bombing to my virtual right. Zach Schnitzer. What's going on, Schnitz? You were in Calgary. You oh. weren't even at the. You weren't even at the game, buddy. It was excruciating. <laughs> I, I, I literally could have walked there in ten minutes, and we're at this. Uh, we were at a nice restaurant. Don't get me wrong, Calgary's beautiful. Uh, family first, and all that. But uh, we, we, we. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law and I had uh, had the game going on on our phone, but I kept having to run off and take care of my son, who was just an animal. He's he's not a good uh, he's not a good dude at a restaurant. So I didn't even catch much of it, but. What a win, though, man. Like, what a win. Unbelievable. So sad that I couldn't actually see it. I, I was trying to connect with Bomber Woman and uh, Tasha, uh, game manager lady, and uh, damn, uh, they were at the game. They had fun, but yeah. Yeah, what I'm a family guy. It is what it is. No, I'm you. hey, down. hey, family first. Family yeah. and health first always. But for those who were in attendance, for those who watched or listened to the game, like, what an absolute classic that was the two best teams, hands down, in my opinion, in the CFL. BC Lions probably going to uh, definitely make a, um, a conversation out of that uh, in the weeks and months to come. But uh, they went toe to toe. You know, I thought Calgary did a lot of very, very good things. Oh, yeah. Especially early in the game, Zach. Like, well, we'll get into it. We will get into it. But, but let's talk about what we got going today. Can you still hear me? I keep having yeah, I just issues can't see with your my... video. You've disappeared like the invisible man. But I have you're... disappeared. I have disappeared. But you're and uh, I know what's wrong, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. So uh, That's anyway, the first step admitting yeah, something's wrong, but we're going to keep, you know, the show must go on as they say <laughs> here on bonfire midweek. Uh, we're going to keep it going. Uh, we are going to take a quick trip around CFL week eight, recap the four games that we saw um, it was all interdivision play. And of course the game of the week, we will talk lots about the Winnipeg blue bombers win in Calgary. We're going to hear from Dalton shown. He spoke after practice today. We'll hear from Willie Jefferson as well as offensive coordinator, Buck Pierce. And I had a couple questions for head coach, Mike O'Shea. We will hear all of that, uh, on the show tonight, but, uh, Zach, of course, the main event was on Saturday night. What an unbelievable game it was in Calgary on Saturday. Oh, there's so much to talk about with that. But mind you, you and Mike just killed it. I, I did listen to that After Dark show. I was dying to be on there with you guys, but you guys killed it. I mean, I don't have a whole lot else I can add, uh, Mr. Smarty Pants Mike still. But uh, yeah, there's a few things that just stuck out to me that I'll talk about in, in, in a few minutes, man. But just like 
the red zone, the, the red zone proficiency of the Bombers. I mean, that was the separation in this game. It was it was one of the cleanest games I've I've ever I've ever seen, really. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And then we can't talk about this game without talking about how good Nick Hallett was. I thought he was going to be a liability. And then, of course, Dalton shown Nick Dembski coming back and this team killing other teams on second down. And of course, the run game comes to play. So, I mean, it was just it was it was another classic between these two teams. And then, of course, Bo couldn't keep his mouth shut after. So, just love love. There's just so much there, man. It was great. It was great. And I, I again, Dalton shown. I don't know. If, I don't know if we can talk about this guy enough. Like, uh, just off the top, let me let me throw this at you. Let's hear it. Who remind you of in terms of a raw rookie coming in and lighting up the league i mean he leads the league in touchdowns i have some other stats we'll talk about later but like (laughs) who who, what's the what's the uh, analogous player here this guy is unbelievable is it darrell walker who came in and lit it up Uh, i I don't know brandon zilstra zilstra maybe yep well, and we remember what happened to him. He had those yeah. two big years uh, in the CFL with Edmonton, and then off he was uh, and has been in the NFL since. Um, yeah, you know, I like this comment from uh, Waiters, who's <laughs> watching <laughs> amongst good. many uh, on YouTube live here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Winnipeg Champ Peters. Uh, yeah, hard to argue that right now. The Blue Bombers look nearly unstoppable, of course. I'm curious if if this upcoming game is maybe a trap game. Yeah. We will discuss uh, as we go. But uh, quickly, let's take a quick trip around uh, the CFL Week 8. It started in Hamilton on Thursday with the Alouettes in town and the Ticats. Uh, let Montreal right back into the game. Yeah. The injury spotter pulls Trevor Harris on the final play. Uh, and Dom Davis throws it short of the end zone and incomplete. Uh, yeah. The Thai Cats come away with a 24-17 victory. That was a wild one. It was, and I and I just I felt bad for for Harris because he got him back in it, and the Thai Cats got a bad penalty at the end there. <laughs> Coach O did not look happy, but but anyway, uh, did you think that it was a fair call by the injury spotter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's I mean, what they're he, there for. He got hit hard. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to protect the players, whether you like it or not. I mean, listen, it happened to us, and we were able to overcome it, but our backup is a little bit better than Dom Davis. We had Dom Davis. We got rid of him for a reason. Guy can't throw the ball consistently. I thought he should have just ran for it, and and it, I believe it wasn't even third down. I think he I think he had a couple downs, maybe run it, run it. You know, that's his bread and butter. But, uh, yeah, hey, Mr. Bombing called it. Third in the power rankings, fourth. Hamilton Tiger fourth. Fourth, yeah. Now I are they Cal- third? <laughs> I had Cal- no, 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 no. I had Calgary two, BC three, and Montreal four. Or, or pardon me, pardon me, Hamilton at four. Of course, I had Montreal way down uh, at the bottom uh, with Ottawa, but Hamilton is in Toronto this coming week. That's back. what I was gonna say, man. That yeah, like now we're gonna see. And the Argos see. are two two point favorites at home which is usually a three-point favorite for, for that home field advantage. Of course, there will be yeah. many, many Ticats fans in attendance for that game. Uh, I know some people in Hamilton that are Argos season ticket holders because they're literally a quarter of the price. A quarter <laughs> of the price 
might take an hour to get there on the train, but yeah. uh, you know, they, they go to the games and, and, and enjoy themselves. So uh, welcome hilarious. Joe, who's joining us from Montreal. Uh, hope you're there to take in uh, the game as well, but either way uh, the tie cats, I, I firmly believe are coming on that East is wide, wide open. I know I made some uh, uh, errors in, in my speaking of uh, the points and uh, win totals uh, in the East division last week, but uh, I will uh, confidently say it is still wide open. Oh yes, it is. Uh, it Friday, is wide open, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's anybody's and, and I don't even think it's going to be Toronto. I think that's a sinking ship. Oh, and, and you pardon can't pun. pardon that pun. You cannot pardon that pun. And, and Joe, awesome, buddy. I just loved meeting you here in Winnipeg. It's so awesome that we've got a fan from Wisconsin, and he's a diehard man. He he tweeted me a picture of him from the 2019 Grey Cup with his with his Bombers too. Such a great guy, and uh, great that you're repping the Blue in Montreal. I mean, listen, can I just say something though? I mean, we saw what happened when Marcus Sales gave them bolton board material the bombers that is with the vanilla offense mm-hmm. and now gary stern the owner is saying we're gonna beat you wow and, the, and then you had look, victor, look then you had have, victor have you, Quee with that you know the the thing with the with the big big uh, elk uh player people that was stomp on the, on the plane like have you not figured out like you, this team does not need any zach, more motivation zach hang on Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm going to speak to you like everybody else out there that can't believe what Bo Levi Mitchell's saying. That can't believe what Gary Stern or Victor Cooey is saying. Yeah. That can't believe what Dave Dickinson is saying, uh, or pardon me, Craig Dickinson, head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, what he's saying in, in Regina today. Newsflash. Nobody is going to crown any other team. Nobody is going to crap on their own team and their own team's chances of winning. It doesn't matter if you have that. one or two wins this season. I understand. You're going to say, hey, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep putting it. Do you remember Mike O'Shea in 2015? Do you remember that head coach? Everybody thought, like, what is he talking about? We can't block. We can't tackle. We can't uh, score touchdowns. It's about establishing culture. They've seen it work in Winnipeg. Everybody is doing the same thing now. You hear the message Paul Apolise is saying. You hear the message uh, that that so many others are are saying. You don't give up. So, yeah. Of course Bol- not. But you don't Bolton give up, but you don't say you're going to win either. You don't see the Bombers it's doing the that. Owner. It's the owner. Still, it doesn't matter. That, that oh, gets into on. the locker room, Darren, doesn't it? Do, do, doesn't Willie Jefferson you, you, you hear that? You don't, Adam you don't hear, hear that? You and don't they hear lick their chops. I know Wade Miller is 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 not the owner of the team. He's the president and CEO. But haven't you heard Wade Miller say we're going to be in the West Final and we're going to win it and we're going to go to the Grey Cup? Of course he does. Ah, uh, maybe. Come on. I don't know. I don't know if I've Come heard on. him say that. I, I don't. And if he says it, he says it kind of like he says it kind of like a fan because he's an up. executive. He's not. Wow. He's not in the football operations. All I'm saying. I just, I just think you don't. The, the Bombers are on the road for a third week in a row on a short week. They still have a lot of injuries. Arguably, their best receiver is out in Ellingson. Jeff Coates probably, I would imagine. Darren, you'd know better. They're going to rest him again. We're getting Maybe. way ahead of ourselves, but like, come on, you don't need to give them any more bulletin board material. Wow, um, they're not. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> I, I honestly like hand All to right. the heavens. The Blue Bombers do not care what anybody says. They don't. 
Um, but yes, let, let's Whoops. continue our trip around the CFL. Speaking of the Rough Riders, they were host to the BC Lions. Sorry, Darren. Oh, that's all good. Technical difficulties here. We're just getting too excited. I know they don't care what anyone says, but <laughs> but but they do. But the vanilla thing it lit a fire. Like that got them out. That got them fired up. Did it not? Didn't the players say that after? Sure. Yep. Yep. No, it was so, a little. Di- it was a little disrespect for sure. I think it's because it came from a former teammate in Marcus Sales, but Zach, I'm going. I'm going okay, to move on to let's the Rough Riders. We're, Rough we're, Riders hosted the BC Lions uh, this past week on Friday night. Nathan Rourke put up another monster game: 336 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and once again, so very accurate and efficient with the football: 82% passing. Uh, James Butler, uh, 77 yards on the ground. Keon Hatcher was the latest, uh, second big game of the season for Keon Hatcher and the BC Lions. He put up 110 yards uh, on seven catches. Cody Fajardo, um, you know, just doesn't have the same juice he had in his West Division MOP season in 2019. Jamal Morrow, still a very good tailback, but they weren't in position to run the football. He only had eight carries. Um, you know, Duke Williams gets lots of targets, but just not a lot of production. Up the uh, ball a bunch of times this year. on second down. Yep. But I have raved about the Jason Shivers defense in Saskatchewan for the yep. last number of years. Uh, but the BC Lions flexed their offensive muscle in Regina. Um, the, the Rough Riders are in tough, really, really tough right now, Zach. Uh, they've got a very high hill to climb. Um, if they, if they want to get back into the playoff conversation or they could just, you know, coast into a East division crossover, East division <laughs> crossover. I, we, we talked about this last week, you know, don't sleep on the Elks, right? The Elks and Riders games, there's two more of them. And with the Riders slipping and with the Chris Jones defense and, and Taylor Cornelius maybe coming on a little bit, Darren, I don't know. Like yeah. I look at the Riders and. I'm a Bomber fan, as as you all know. I'm wearing my jersey right now just, just because I'm overcompensating for being so close to the notice. game and not going. But uh, listen, a, a rider loss is 75% as good as a Bomber win for Bomber fans. If they lose, <laughs> we're just that's like, right. yes! Is that your number? Yes! Like uh, my mother-in-law is still married to the Riders a bit. She cheers for them because her dad was a team doctor. She grew up with Regina, and I, and I get that. But man, it was it was it was a, it was great. They were running away with it, and mm-hmm. my my father-in-law and I were arguing about. Hey, like he's saying, you know, BC's really good, and I said, I don't know, you know, they they might come back down to earth. They've got the Jason Shivers defense that Darren Bombing's talking about, and Darren Bombing knows a couple of things. Maybe not three things, but he knows a couple of things. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, you know what it is though. I think I think the Riders' defense is is great, and and they make big plays. But they just left him on. They they hung him out to dry that offense. And from what I saw, and I'm not an expert, but when you make Cody Fajardo stay in the pocket, you know when he's not as mobile, right? And he what I see from him is, is he does one of two things. Oh, I like that Zach for mayor. Very good. Very good. Is it you or Kolaris? Oh yeah. Good point. Probably Kolaris. <laughs> no, it's probably you. It's probably you. <laughs> Listen. Oh yeah. Jay, get Jay on there. Cause we do have to give a shout out to this uh, puck placard. 
I, I totally oh. like we're this is the digression Tuesday. Yeah, big um, time. Big time. But what I see from again. Fajardo, Darren, and people can chime in on the chat is he either throws it deep and, and throws to his first read deep or he throws to his hot route. And I don't know if that's because of the offensive line issues they have there, that they, they, they're a little bit suspect, but I don't see him ever, ever read a defense and pick out the second, third, fourth read. I, I just don't see it unless he's on the run, unless he's rolling out. He needs his legs. No he question. He needs at his all. legs to get going. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a cerebral guy. I don't Ooh, think he knows. That's I don't harsh, know, man. man. Well, if harsh. you're not if you're not reading the defense, I mean look at Drew. Well, who, says he's not reading, who says he's not reading the defense? It's it's very likely, in my opinion, Cody Fajardo is at like 65% health. That's what I think. Still, let, let's see when he's at let's let's see when he's at full health. If he if he's mobile, you saw the Bombers when they contain his mobility. He he can't score touchdowns on them. But hey, hey, maybe I'm being too harsh. Uh, I I am a Bomber fan, so yeah, I just oh, see this. I got to reel you. Really, I got to reel you in, buddy. I got to. Yeah, reel you in. I, I see. I see the Riders like really really tanking right now like they've i don't what's their what's their next few games like i don't i don't even know i'm putting you on the spot uh, but so they are on a buy which yeah. i'm sure is welcome right now uh and then they are in edmonton in week 10 they are home to bc in week 11 uh and then they are in bc week 12 so two games against bc uh out of their next three um and then of course labor day classic uh in week 13 so they better get a win in edmonton they better, they better. get uh, exactly one, what i was at least thinking one win against uh the bc lions in their home yeah. and home or, or they're going to be in uh really really tough uh they're sitting at four yeah. and four uh right ahead of them the calgary stampeders at four and two um so the third game obviously we are going to talk about uh, a little bit later and that is the bombers Stampeders game, Winnipeg, eighth win of the season, 35-28. But the final game of the slate in week eight, Zach, was uh, a fun game to watch. It was a 23-13 victory, the first of the season for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Caleb Evans went 83% passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 286 yards. He was named a CFL top performer this week, along with uh, Nathan Rourke and Zach Kolaris. So elite air that uh, he's in, at least uh, for this past week. Jalen Acklin, the story of this game, seven catches Oof. for 144 yards uh, and a tutty. Uh, of that 144, 70 yards after the catch. Yeah. You give that guy time and space with the football in his hands, he's going to kill you like, uh, like a Nick yeah. Dembski. Maybe even yeah. more dangerous. Yeah, he's a yak master, and Ryan Davis really was is. back in the lineup, so he had another weapon. Uh, I don't see Caleb Evans coming off the coming off the starting uh, role there. Do you? Well, I think when Jeremiah Masoli is healthy, it's a conversation. I don't think he's going to get Wally pipped. He looked good, like he was. Yeah, he did look good. He did look good. He he actually rem like he he had a little bit of a sidearm action. I don't know if you uh, one yeah. of his touchdowns. Like yeah. he reminded me a little bit of Zach Kalaros, like buying time. I'm not going to say he's Zach Kalaros yet, but he's athletic though. He is he's athletic. athletic. He, can he buys plays. time. He, he can I, I make just don't know. I, I'm not seeing a ton of refinement in mm. his game. 
but I think that will come. And, you know, uh, Dave Naylor speaking to it today, Dave Naylor, TSN, of course, a good friend of Bonfire, um, stating that, you know, second year quarterback development, oh, so important in the Canadian Football League. Caleb Evans getting that opportunity uh, with the BC Lions. Of course, you want to talk second year quarterbacks, it's Nathan Rourke and then the rest. Um, yeah. he, he's really continuing to be outside of the Bombers, eight no start to the season. Uh, probably the story in the CFL this so far. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a story. And our good friend Nick Kowalski said he was the best quarterback in the league in training uh, camp. Was, and we all kind of laughed at him like was, really. Yeah. And yeah. uh boy, the, the the guy is the guy is funny. I mean, it's scary as a bomber fan to see what this guy's gonna turn into. Even you know, we've got a late back to back with BC and we may have the West wrapped up by then. And that's another conversation. Well uh, it actually BC gives me a little bit of concern. Yeah, no, no, I hear what you're saying. I don't yeah. know if they're going to have it wrapped up by then because if BC keeps their foot on the gas, right. yeah. those two final games, uh, week 19 and week 21, the Bombers have a buy in between those two uh, in Vancouver on October 15th, back here in Winnipeg uh, on October 28th to wrap the regular season. That could very, very well determine uh, who wins the West. Like, yeah. I, I understand Winnipeg is kind of head and shoulders above everybody else because of the way they beat BC yeah. in the first game, but the lions can still win the season series if they're able to take both of those sure games. Uh, and, and they could easily continue to roll. They've got one loss. Like they're yeah. right behind uh, Winnipeg. Uh, they just already had two buys. So it's going to be a tougher uh, down the stretch for them. Yeah. And they're, they're missing. Brian Burnham they have they have Rick Campbell who's a good head coach Corey Maxim he's doing a great job on, on the offensive coordinating yeah. they have as you've said many times they've got an all-star list of, of DBs right it's just it's just that D line that maybe isn't getting home as much as as you'd want and we were able to run the ball but you know as everyone knows it's the long season and a CFL team can look completely different yeah in August or July than, than, than November. I mean, it's just, it's so early. It's just, what, what's interesting. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Sure. Well, we all remember the one in six 2011 BC lions, bit of a nightmare for us, but you know, we beat them twice and then they hammered us in the great cup, but yeah, you don't know like injuries and, and, and look at the bombers picking up Zach Kolaris, uh, October, 2019. I mean, look at that, but it's just it's an interesting schedule for the Bombers. They they're eight and zero, but they've gone through arguably maybe the toughest part of their schedule, Darren. And then they're going to get all their bye weeks at such a great time, you know, get healthy, get rolling, uh, you know. But what I don't want to see is what I saw last year. We all we all had that debate where you know rest versus rust, and it ended up being rust. Like they were rusty as hell mm -hmm. in that Western final giving up six turnovers and barely scraping out a win against a team that I think everyone would agree was highly beatable. Like it shouldn't have been a four point game. So just things as a bomber fan, I'm looking down the road and uh, just some concerns. Well, you know, like waiters uh, mentions, uh, and I got the, the comment up on the screen after this week's game in Montreal, Winnipeg's remaining schedule, six home games, three on the road, and then all three of their buys. Those road games in Saskatchewan for the Labor Day Classic, in Hamilton in mid-September, and then in Vancouver in mid-October, um, which 
you know, it, it, it's been a tough slog here for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, to that point, Zach, uh, let's hear from head coach Mike O'Shea. I asked him about uh, some of the issues, um, you know, going into the, this first half schedule. Into a week like this where um, you're not able to maybe practice as much uh, as other weeks. I mean, the players have a great understanding of what they're doing. Um, we've been in this situation before. I think you rely on your, you know, your prep um, from previous weeks. You rely on your fitness level that you've been maintaining for, uh, you know, since you forget before you got to training camp. So, um, really, it's a, you know, take his take great care with your bodies. Make sure you're well rested. Make sure you're putting the right things in your body and just make sure you're physically ready to go. A lot has been said about this uh, stretch of three road games and, and the buys and the rest, but uh, is this kind of a, a dig deep time for the team? I don't think so. Um, once again, I think the guys have a great understanding of how to handle a, a pile of different situations. They've been, they've been building this for a number of years, right? Um, so it just kind of rolls along. I don't, I'm not sure that it's, a, a, you know, digging deeper than any other week, right? You gotta, you don't play your best. Somebody's gonna beat you no matter what. So, um, eyes, time off, days off, all that stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't really enter into a lot of discussion. That's impressive. Um, you got any uh, health update for us? Anybody in and out this week? Uh, the CFL mandated injury report will be released sometime later today. I'm waiting with bated breath. Thank you. Head coach, Mike Cochet, uh, from earlier bait. today. Speaking of bait, that guy just doesn't take the bait. I mean, no. what is it no. like to interview him, DB? It's an art form. Yeah, you you have to pick your words carefully, of course. Um, but you know, like we're doing our job, right? We have to ask the questions. If to, he wants to, to yeah. uh, if he wants to answer them, he'll answer them. If he doesn't, he he doesn't have to. But um, the the reality is, uh, I sincerely am impressed if those things do not come into the conversation about it being a short week and and the preparations and plans for the health of the team. Like don't think for a second, the bombers don't take that into account. But as far as the collective mentality of the team, they know they got to dig deep when they go into Calgary, they know they have to dig deep when their vanilla offense goes into Vancouver to face uh, the then unbeaten BC lions. Um, you know, they know they have to dig deep uh, in week 20, uh, however it shakes out. Uh, so, you know, I understand where Mike O'Shea is coming from. I also understand that uh, this stretch of three road games and playing on Saturday, coming home, breaking down the film on Sunday, resting on Monday, practicing on Tuesday, and then traveling on Wednesday is a real grind on these yeah. guys. Oh um, my God. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll hear from Dalton Schoen in a second as well. That was my first question for him uh, about the fatigue level, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to miss out on the on the great debate here going on in the chat about how do you carve facial hair in a statue 
I assume people are talking about the the surefire statue of Mike O'Shea. Oh yes. In, yes. In well, the, the Cal Murphy statue and the Bud Grant statue on east uh, on each corner of, of IG Field, uh, neither of them have facial hair, right? So it's it's tough. You're gonna have How to do find you make a that beard? Right. Yeah, you're gonna have right. to find And is it sculptor. is it going to be like gray cup beard Mike O'Shea, yeah. or is it going to be like June beard Mike O'Shea? Speaking of beards, I really painted myself in a corner and I made a bet with the, our buddy David Asplund. He's one of our listeners, and I he he has a big orange beard. And I and and I, I I said to him, I thought I said to him, if the if the Bombers beat Calgary, you have to shave your beard. Actually, what I said to him is, if the Bombers beat Calgary, I'll I'll grow my beard. So, according to him. And I have to, I can't renege on a bet. I've got to grow my beard back. Now, I didn't, I, if you read the fine print, you know, I have a few lawyers in the family. I, I don't, I, I didn't say anything about how long I have to keep the beard. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I shaved my beard and they beat Calgary. They beat Edmonton. I don't know. But uh, I have to, I have to, I have, I have to. I have to grow the beard back, folks. I'm really sorry. I know you were getting used to this nice baby face, but but I don't have to keep it for long. But anyway, this isn't what people came here to to talk about. You sure? Well, I I'm w- not sure. Apparently, if I'm the mayor, I could talk about anything. Right. Uh, well, do you want to go to the shown thing, or do you want me to do my sober second thought? Uh, quickly, I'm going to answer uh, this one question in the live chat before your sober second thought. Sandy who uh, is always waiting for our show to begin 7.30 Tuesday nights. Thanks for joining us as always, Sandy. Good to be with you. Uh, Is there a reason why the Blue Bombers practices are closed to the public? I see lots of other teams open. Um, That is true. Uh, Every team in the CFL is allowed to close one practice every week. The Blue Bombers always hold one closed practice every week on short weeks, that may be their only practice. So like this week, the Blue Bombers put out their injury report, but we don't know if a guy's on crutches or if, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, running around, but but just not practicing uh, and it's maintenance or, or what have you. Um, what we do know is that uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers injury report, as it stands right now, Zach, it will be very close to what it was uh, last week. So Jackson Jeffcoat, maybe, uh, Greg Ellingson, maybe we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but lots of people asking me on social media lately, uh, Zach for speculative insight into the blue bombers injuries. And when guys are going to return, it's not fair to do that. So I won't, uh, it's a educated guess at absolute best, uh, but more of a guess than an educated one. So, um, it, it is tough. Um, to, to do that. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Other teams, they'll have a media availability the day after the game. The Bombers used to do that years and years ago. We'd meet them at the airport or, or, you know, go down to Canadians um, the next day. Uh, I know the Stampeders do that. The Red Blacks, a lot of teams choose to do that. Winnipeg does not. So uh, tough to, hey, this is the Michael Shea era. Do you want great cup championships or do you want, uh, you know, information on the daily on who's injured and, and who's going to be one week, three weeks, five weeks, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay, your your sober second thought. I'm ready. 
Well, I do want to. I do want to give one shout out to our friend Pumper. I know he's going through some uh, health issues. I know you yeah. gave him a shout out the other day, and uh, I I just wish the best for you, buddy. I know you want to walk your daughter down the aisle, and and just hoping for the best, my friend. Thinking of you. Oh, thank you, waiters. Yes, that that uh, that was my first radio interview, and uh, I was a little nervous. I got to be honest. You, they, oh, they you get on there a few more minutes, a few you minutes ahead, and you got to listen to all the commercials. and And I was just on my phone, so it was it was almost surreal. But but uh, you know, Toth 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 is great. He's a great guy, and made it easy for me. So I just. Uh, I I really appreciated the kind words you and Mike had for me and 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 Toth getting me on because he realized it's an important issue and yeah we'll probably talk about it another time more when we have more time in the show. Well, but I'll, do. I'll I'll do it again. It, it's very if you haven't read Zach's piece on Three Down Nation about how the Winnipeg Blue Bombers helped him heal from uh, mental health, uh, I will put the link in the description below this video as soon as the show is done. Uh, you can find it on on Zach's Twitter. You can find it on my Twitter um, and in the video description of the postgame show uh, as well. But well done, Zach. Thank you. I, I you know, say it over I, and over. Thank you, buddy. And, and I, you know, you gave me a lot of confidence to to to, to just have a have a voice and trust my voice. And I you're think a, you're a good writer, man. You're a really good writer. Well, that's like, what everybody's blown did. away. You are. That's Just, what I was. You, that's you, what people were saying. You weaved quite a yarn, shocked. as they say. You really did. You know, you tied the whole story <laughs> together so well. It was so heartfelt and real. I think you know you almost can't go wrong uh, when you're writing from from the heart like you did. And uh, a really important message. I sure hope uh, everybody, if they get a chance to to read it or share it uh, with your friends and family or whomever, um, it's 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 very likely. I well, I know it is helpful for many people out there and, and very likely helping a lot of people as well. Well, I, the amount of feedback I got back that, that it really did help a lot of people was, was the reason yeah. I did it. And I, and I'm so glad. And Hey, I'm sure there's more stories that, that Zach can uh, weave together. Let's, let's go to the game. You know, I thought you and Mike just killed it. Like I said, uh, Mike, Mike still, Mike still buddy. Like this guy, I don't know where, find these gems these nick kowalski's a mike still and he, he has a nice he, yeah well mike <laughs> has a nice uh he has a much nicer backdrop than me with a beautiful pool where is he oh uh, yeah is he in uh hollywood or inglewood or well, joke is his west coast lifestyle it was game day after dark and it was still light out so he must be on the west coast but no he had the uh he had a nice virtual screen there uh oh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll secret my I'm mom the most was even gullible like, guy in the world the house does he have and yeah, well, seriously. You know. What this? Yeah. What? What's his side hustle? So you know, I w I don't have too much too much to say about the game other than other than what you guys said because I thought you broke it down really well. But again, it's it's the opportunistic bombers, right? It's the red zone production. They they got touchdowns and they kept Calgary to field goals, and that's execution. And and it's Zach Kolaris going for the jugular you know on he had a couple second down touchdowns in the red zone where he just launched the ball and trusts his receivers Dembski I mean you and I have talked a million times about Dembski and we've always said and and, and I'm particularly big on this when Dembski is in the lineup the Canadian army knife as you as you've coined them Darren it's really really hard to stop and and I wonder if having Dembski there was something that maybe opened up the run game as well as having Prukop there. 
I thought Prukop was huge. Someone, I was listening to someone say, maybe it was Mike or you that they didn't even realize Calgary's defense that Prukop was on the field for one. There was play one play for off. sure. They had no and idea. So I, you know, you were saying early on, Darren, that losing Prukop was huge, and and I think you're bang on, and you saw it on Saturday night. So you had Prukop going. I think that also opens up the run game. And I loved what Mike still said that Brady runs best when he's angry. And apparently he was angry. You know, he had people calling him out in the, uh, amongst for us months fans now. for months now for yeah. months. Right. And, and it was nice to see Brady go off. He had a long of 31 which is a great, great. That's a that's a big, big run. I know the 20, 20 yards and over is a big play run. Thirty one is a huge. By the way, so did Kadeem Carey. So him and Carey yeah. were going shot for shot. I know Carey got the couple of touchdowns, but the other thing about the game and just jumping off the thirty one, both guys, both running backs had larges of thirty one. The teams were really very close in terms of yardage, first downs. I mean, the Bombers were a little bit better on second down conversions. It was one of the cleanest games I've I've ever seen, Darren. I really know a lot was. Of people have said that. No turnovers, no sacks. Calgary had about forty yards in penalties. Pretty negligible. Winnipeg, even better, had twenty yards in penalties, and it was just the red zone and it was Zach and the second down ability of Zach Kolaris. I heard Marshall Ferguson talking about this. It just must've just pissed off those ponies because they, they, they think they have them dead to right, even on second and long. And he finds Dembski and Wolotarski and shown for these big, big gainers. Yeah, like Wolotarski with the tiptoe grabs, oh. like, and fingertips Bailey, and tip yeah in. oh that was a beauty so i thought the receivers yeah. executed extremely well but touchdowns versus field goals was the story for me keeping them out of the end zone in the first half you know the bombers did give up their their touchdown defense streak they gave up two but that's gonna happen right kadeem carries like, you've talked about him either, right? he, he, as an elite back as in the conversation for mop so we'll give him credit but yeah, the bomber. Just the other thing, the bombers on second down have just been absolutely elite, and I believe Dalton Schoen has the most second down conversions in the league with seventeen. This is a rookie. This is yeah. when our run game isn't going. You need those second down conversions, and the team knows you're going to throw it. And Kalaris finds a way to stick those. In, in tight windows, on the run, eluding defensive linemen. It's just, it's a beauty. Like, it's beauty to watch. Uh, Winnipeg had a 10.5 average versus Calgary's 6.0 yards on second down. So I thought that was another thing. But just another classic game. And and Bailey was blocking. You had Janarian Grant with a big run. But here's my question coming out of this game is can Brady keep this up? That is my huge question. Can he keep it yeah. up? Because that that's the thing. Like Brady last year had a couple hundred yard games that first game of the season, right? But yeah, that, that exactly. Have they figured out the run game? Have they figured out the run game? And I have a couple thoughts on, on Dalton Schoen, but I'll let you play the clip. But what do you think? Oh, I, and I did want to say one more thing. Nick Hallett. Yep. I, he would have been my happy honker. 
Nice. I, I, I thought he was going to be a big liability. I thought there would have been a bit of a drop off there between him and Malcolm Thompson. He came up with a huge knockdown to force that Calgary punt. And then we go kick a field goal to basically ice the game. Yeah. I thought, I thought Nick Hallett was right in there and just again, unbelievable how the bombers second and third stringers, you know, how you, who, people usually think, Oh, this is a second or third stringer. There's going to be a big drop off. We're walking wounded and Mike O'Shea, you know, it's kind of like his, his thing. He's never going to put down a player. He expects everyone to be a starter and play like one, but they actually do. And that's the culture thing, right? Like we kind of think it's a gimmick, right? My, you know, maybe I, I think I used he knows to, that if you if you keep that message, you're more likely yeah. to get that out. That's of exactly players. what he's doing. It's yeah. like it's psychology, and it works. And I used to roll my eyes at it, Darren, but I don't anymore because yeah. it 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 sticks. So just just a just a wonderful classic title fight, man. I can't wait to see these guys go at it again. And and just the last thing is I can't wait to see Calgary play BC because mm. these are two Western Division heavyweights. We've beaten them both. But who's who's gonna come out on that? Come out come out on top there? Because Calgary's only losses are to us. BC's only losses to us. The the games the in Calgary. That, right? The 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 team that comes out on top of those matchups. Should be fascinating. So be, I mean, there's before so much that to say. before that before that game in week eight, or pardon me, that game is in week ten. Uh, BC or pardon me, Calgary hosting BC. The week before that, it'll be a bit of a short week for BC. They're home to Edmonton on Saturday the sixth. Uh, Calgary in Ottawa on Friday the fifth, uh, and then those two teams play again on Saturday in Calgary. So um, that that is going to. You're right. Whoever wins that game, I'm sure they're going to meet again one more time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But that is going to be a real determinant of who is going to be on Winnipeg's heels, yeah. right? They're both one-loss football clubs, presuming they'll stay one-loss football clubs. Well, I understand Calgary's lost two. They've lost two yeah. to Winnipeg. But, uh, <laughs> you know, how do you do against the rest of the league? Because nobody can really hold a candle to the Blue Bombers right now. Right. Well, you know, they, they win one game throwing seven completions and then they put on an air show with four touchdowns. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I said last time, like you never know what you're going to get. I like this comment from Matt Carr, right? I think he has a great point that, and, and Mike still said that said it great too, right? When you've got a guy like Dembski that can do that, that sweep or end around, and then he can run it up the gut and then he can beat you deep. And then he can run, you know, an uh, um, um, intermediate game. And, and and he's got that head fake that Mike talked about so well. He's got so many weapons in his arsenal. He can he can turn defenders around. How do you stop them? Especially, and then you get Brady going. Like, right. look out if that offense clicks like they did against Calgary. And Cal we all know Calgary is well-known. Brent Monson is well-known for being one of the better defensive coordinators. So... What a game. What a joy. I've got to rewatch it again. I, I, I just can't wait. And, uh, and, and back and forth, eh, Darren? Like so many lead changes. Well, like I, I rewatched the game this afternoon and who was it? Titus Wall? I think yeah. like Zach Kolaris's first throw was nearly a pick six for the Sanders. Yes, that's like, right. Yeah. The game could have Moxie. been a completely... It, Jonathan Moxie? Oh, it was Jonathan Moxie, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, it it could have been a very, very different football game, especially early. But uh, Winnipeg was able to not turn the ball over and it it helped keep uh, things kind of intact. I do have a thought I want to share on Nick Dembski, but quickly, uh, some people in the live chat talking about Johnny Augustine. And yes, he did have some touches uh, in Calgary this past weekend, but um, he is on the injury list right now. That is true. Um, but he was on the injury list last week as well. So more likely than not maintenance, unless something got aggravated uh, in Calgary. I'm having trouble with uh, the screen share tonight, so I'm not able to pull up uh, the numbers and and some different things, Zach. But um, I want to talk about Nick Dembski. And, you know, his first two catches in the first half, both went for touchdowns. Huge. Huge. Like he nearly had that Willie Mays basket catch too in the back corner of the end zone. Zach so close. What a like you want to know what it means when someone throws a dime. That's a dime. Like a unbelievable how perfect that ball was. Uh, but also very, very difficult uh ball to throw, but a very, very difficult ball to catch. So uh no knock on Nick for that. Um made it up two plays later uh after uh Dakota Pruka picked up some short yardage, but some people have, have mentioned it in the live chat tonight, Zach. It is very, very true. Um, having Nick Dembski in the lineup is an exponential advantage. And what do I mean yeah. by that? It's not just, it's multiples. It's not just what he brings at slot back. It's what he brings in the jet sweep. It's what he brings as a decoy or as a traditional tailback between the tackles. It's what he brings as a leader. It's what he brings um, to the return game. It's what he brings to the huddle. Um, It's, it's, it should not be overlooked how special Nick Dembski is. And I'm going to say something that might come across as controversial, but I know it probably won't. If you listen carefully, it was a tough pill to swallow for Winnipeg blue bomber fans to see Andrew Harris leave Winnipeg. But I am glad the opportunity is here and now for people to realize just how special a player Nick Dembski is. He is the um, forefront Canadian talent on this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. A Winnipeg native, an Oak Park High School grad, a University of Manitoba Bison product, a first round draft pick, uh, and somebody who chose to come to Winnipeg as a free agent. And the same way people celebrate Andrew Harris, I sure hope people celebrate Nick Dembski similarly. He's worthy of it, a truly special talent. And we're starting to see this season, last season too, he was the most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup. He is worth every dime he makes and more. Um, I really wonder what those Paul Apolis offenses uh, of years gone by would have been like without Nick Dembski. People always say, what would it be like without Andrew Harris? I really wonder what it would be like without Nick Dembski. Uh, and I was pointing here, Darren, because I bought him right in my, I have him, uh, he, he autographed my jersey. Yeah, I love Nick Dembski. He's so versatile and, and just, just a phenomenal athlete, like Canadian or yeah. not, right? I, I yeah. saw someone in the chat say he could play in the NFL. Sure, I, I could see that. It, I know, and I know I can't, I can't stay too long. I, my, my wife was ravaged by my son, just being an animal on our Calgary trip, just traveling with a toddler. Oh so, um, you may want to go on without me at eight 30, Darren, but I, let me just throw in, uh, 
throw in something that it's interesting that Brady Oliveira had his breakout game mm-hmm. on, on a weekend where Andrew Harris had a real tough game and sure. fumbled the ball and gave up the winning points to Ottawa. And it's just, it's in terms of storylines, I don't know if it means much. We'll see what happens next week. I do think that Andrew Harris still has, has juice in the tank. You've seen him go off in a couple of games, but yeah. I really hope this is Brady Oliveira coming out. And, and maybe sometimes psychologically those guys, maybe a switch just needs to be flipped, right? They're in their head a little bit, the pressure, I don't know, man. Maybe he's just needs that anger. Let, Go ahead. Let's not let's not forget that Brady Oliveira ran for a hundred yards game one in 2021. When Andrew Harris was hurt in training yeah. camp, Brady yeah. Oliveira came bursting out of the gate like a bat out of hell. And everybody thought, well, okay, this is what Brady Oliveira is. Then the Blue Bombers offense, the Blue Bombers offense had trouble running the football. Johnny Augustine had a couple big runs. Yeah, great. Brady Oliveira had a couple big runs in Calgary on Saturday. Collectively, Winnipeg has had trouble running the football so far this season. They've looked good at times. They ran the ball good against BC. Good time for it to happen. They ran the ball well against Calgary. Good time for it to happen. Uh, We'll see what the rest of the season brings. Zach, I I said this to you many times. I said this to everybody many times early well, by the way, hat tip to you, Zach, uh, 10 Bonfire Midweeks uh, episodes we are at right now. But in episode Oof. one, two, and three, what did I tell everybody about the offensive playbook? Don't expect to get into the deep chapters until later in the season. There's no point doing that. Winnipeg did things in Calgary this past weekend that they have not done all season long. Dalton Schoen was running routes I have never seen him run before. Brady Oliveira running uh, that zone running system those zone run schemes very different than what I've seen before. It was between the tackles, but there was much more space made there. Is that because Mm. the Calgary Sam Peters defensive line isn't good? No, it's because Winnipeg knew they needed to win this game. They knew they needed to win the season series. They wanted to stick it to Calgary on their home turf. Good time to pull out some different things. Uh, Is Winnipeg going to be doing that in this back-to-back against Montreal? Well, we're here to hear some comments from uh, offensive coordinator Buck Pierce a little bit later. Zach, if you do have to go at 8.30, understood, uh, I'll, I'll continue the show and, and we can go through uh, some of those clips from Mike O'Shea, uh, Buck Pierce, and Willie Jefferson uh, as well. But Winnipeg needs to continue to run the football. We know that they stick with it, whether it works or not, because yeah. it has that advantage of, of opening things up. But yep. what we saw in Calgary may be a glimpse, maybe a photograph of what they're capable of in, um, you know, in, in the second half of the season. And I, and I, and I always say, you know, CFL, any team is beatable, right? There's a lot of parody, <laughs> but if, if Winnipeg is going to run the ball that well, nobody is going to beat them. I really believe yeah. that, especially once mm-hmm. they get some of their starters back, you can Kyrie Wilson, well, Jackson, Jeff Coat, like, my goodness. Brandon Alexander. Brandon, like, wow. Greg this, Ellington. Yeah. I mean, come on. If they're running the yeah. ball on you too, and you've got Kolaris, who's the best player in the league, like it's uh speaking of Kolaris, I'm wearing my jersey today. Also, 48 was my, my when my dad was born. And then, you know, he's uh 
he's gone, but I always, he's always in my heart every every time I talk about the Bombers. And how many yards does Zach Kolaris have? Nineteen forty eight, baby. 1,948. I thought that was great. Let, okay, let me just uh, throw a couple comments about Dalton Schoen. And you should Shoot. you should listen uh, to the Handle Internally podcast from the Bombers as well. They do a yeah, nice it was good. With him. I thought it was really good. But how how good is this guy, right? So he's a rookie. He has, I, I, I think I have this right, the most touchdowns in the league. Third in receiving yards. He has the longest touchdown and the longest reception in the league with that 81 yarder against Edmonton. And like I said before, the one that I think is the most important Darren is that 17 second down conversions. And that's number one in the league. And he's also the deep threat. We talked about who's going to be the deep threat. I don't know if either of us thought it would be Dalton shown. I think you were onto it more than me, but Mike still confirmed it. And, And the stats say it too. He has the most 20 yard targets in the CFL mm-hmm. is our deep threat. And it's exciting to see, man. You know, you would have thought maybe it was going to be Bailey or Dembski or or even Ellingson, but this guy is a deep threat. And, and his, his interview was great. This guy has a master's in engineering. Mm-hmm. And he stayed a fifth year to do it in five years at, at the collegiate level. And I think he's engineering greatness. I think his attitude is good. His talent is good. And he he, he was called, uh, some of his colleague, uh, uh, teammates called him a street dog. <laughs> so I think he has right. some, he has some Well, no, it was, it was his dad. It was, was it his, his father. Dad? Yeah, it says, oh, be okay. a street dog. Have that street dog mentality. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty cool. I, I like this question from Waiters, Zach, on Dalton Schoen. Shone and Greg Ellingson or Kenny Lawler and Darvin wow, Adams. What would you rather one. have? <laughs> well, Dalton Shone is what? 23, 24 years old. Oh, you keep Dalton Shone. I mean, Oof. when you have six touchdowns in eight games and you lead the CFL with a guy like Zach Kolaris. And I say that because Kolaris had chemistry with Bailey he had chemistry with Ellingson. He had chemistry with Dembski and he's throwing to this guy. In double coverage, by the way, you know, the, the guy run and he makes tough catches, but he's on now. The, the thing I wanted to say was just out of curiosity, Darren, I looked up his NFL scouting report. What were they <laughs> saying about this kid? Like, because where did this guy come from? Right. He also has patience. He waited two years in, in college to get on the field. Right. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine how hard you've got to work and how much patience and character you need. So, oh, man. But so the strength. So you fa- you you found Dalton Schoen's scouting report I found going into the NFL report. draft. Yeah. So he had a – now here's what I don't know. 5.19 prospect grade. Maybe someone can can shine a light in on that. I don't know how good that is or I, it's, bad. It's either out of 8 or 10, but I don't know. So – maybe average at best. So strengths where he's got well built with a pro frame, good speed and quickness, uh, average 17 point yards per catch, 0.1 yards per catch. Pretty good carries build up speed on vertical charges, consistent and working sharply back to the football vertical drive off the snap looks the same. Every play flashed ability to make the contested catch. I think we've seen all of that. We now have. here's, here's what, here's the negatives. They say he has unusually short arms for his body type. 
<laughs> I, I I don't know, man. I, you you've seen him in person. He he high points the ball pretty well to me. Looks pretty normal to me. Yeah. They say he gets detoured by physical press in the way. Now that may be more of an NFL thing where you see that press coverage. Whereas it's deterred he's running, by press. Yeah. Okay. Detoured or deterred. So oh. you don't see press as much in the in the CFL. You see more zone defense and you have the waggle. So it right. could be that that could be true, but that he's works to his advantage. Here. Just, it works to his advantage because maybe he's one of these guys that just thrives with waggle because he's such a good yeah. route runner and he timed yeah. like, but, but picked it up another. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? This is a rookie that good at the waggle already. That's unbelievable to me. They say he lacks catch radius and hand-eye coordination needed to play in the league. Are you kidding me? This wow. guy makes, he makes great catches in traffic. So I think either I played baseball person, and basketball, right? Like he's clearly right. got good eye hand coordination. He's sport athlete, right? He rolls into breaks with noticeable drift. I think that means that when he breaks in his routes, he, it's not very sharp. He's turned, he's broken guys' ankles that I've seen. So obviously, if this was true, he's worked on these things. Hey, pro coaching, right? Pro coaching can do a pro lot. Pro coaching. Well, and yeah, right. Another, another, uh, Another check mark for the Bombers coaching. Long strider with an extended gather phase into his breaks. So I assume that means it kind of like he kind of maybe Low shuffles into his breaks. Into his breaks. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that. And then isn't very aggressive or sticky as a run blocker. That one I'm hmm. not sure I've seen him do a lot of run blocking. But I have seen Rashid it. Bailey do a lot of run blocking. Michael yeah, Shea pointed yeah. him out today. Rashid Bailey, like if you're, if you're worried about Rashid Bailey's numbers – He's doing all of the yeah, other things doing. you do not see on the broadcast right. He is Absolutely. blowing guys up. Uh, Michael Shea mentioned there was one play, I think it was a Drew Olatarski catch uh, and run, and, and he just pushed this guy on skates all the way down yeah. the sideline. Um, that was a great comment. You know? And I and on the Janarian yeah. Grant run, which was a big run, I believe, in the second half, uh, you saw Bailey just pushing guys around. And, of course, Stanley Bryant yeah. was there pushing guys around. So... I, I just, it, it, it's something that, that you said at the beginning of the season, Darren, you said, look out for Dalton Schoen. You said you thought he would make the roster. And I, I wasn't so <laughs> sure, but you, you were right in spades. Like this, this is an amazing story. I think you he made lose, the team. <laughs> I think he made the team. You lose, Wait, sorry, you lose the CFL all-star team. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Like this guy may be in the NFL, uh, although they may, unless they are myopic about those short arms, but I got to see that in person. I'm going to be on August 11th. I'm going to be looking uh, very closely. Last thing I'll say, and cause I got to run. Sorry, folks. Uh, the family man matters, but um, I'm excited for August 11th and, and I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, sports interaction stuff. Uh, Darren, I don't put too many shekels down. You know, I, I'm reasonable. Yep. It's just fun, but I took the Bombers because I thought, you got the Bombers as plus two and a half. Give me a break. This is going to be yeah. like a one-point game either way. And and so I won. I All I do is win, win, win. Well, so, whose advice uh, are you taking? What's this? Whose advice are you taking? Oh, well, you know, a little of this, a little of that. A little, little birdie in your little birdie in your Maybe a birdie. And I can't wait to talk. Sorry, I got to run, folks. Uh, this little this little guy, you know, as, as many of you know, two-year-olds do not travel well. So uh, <laughs> it's our first day back from Calgary, and I'm going to go help out my wife, who's going to lose her mind. But uh, great to see you, as always. Great to see you in the chat, folks. And I will catch up with you 
Thursday night, short week yep. in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Can the Bombers resist the temptations of that nightlife and uh, stick it to Montreal, who looks very beatable without Chandler Worthy? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's your, there's your segue. Can they handle the nightlife? Find out on Bonfire After Dark. <laughs> All right, Darren, thanks for understanding, man. You're a great guy. I, I kind of threw this on Darren last minute. And he's like, hey, dude, do what you got to do. So Darren really is a good guy. He doesn't just look like one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's many who would disagree. Zach, all the best to you, man. We will see you Thursday night uh, on Sounds game great. day after dark in the post game. But uh, take care of your family, man. That's I'll, first things I'll first. try. I don't know if I can handle this two-year-old. He might be the death of me, but I'll, I'll, I'll tweet something later. All right. Good night, everyone. Appreciate you, buddy. Zach Schnitzer uh, needs to run, but that's okay. Uh, We will keep things going here. This is a good opportunity for you out there to uh, jump into the live chat, drop a comment, drop a question. Uh, I'm here all alone now. Well, I'm here with you, uh, but uh, can definitely get to uh, some of those questions. Um, Do want to uh, hear from Dalton Schoen. Um, it, It is a short week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers playing on Saturday, home now playing on Thursday just one practice so far this week uh so I asked Dalton Schoen uh about you know how tough it is on the guys where are you and the guys right now uh we're, we're doing all right you know it, it's definitely a grind we know it um I think coach said it well you know the schedule is what it is we can't do anything about it we can't complain about it but at the same time we have to be aware of it so that we we know where we need to put in the extra work when it comes to getting our getting our bodies back, especially as receivers. You know, we got to get our legs back. We run a lot. Um, and then also in terms of the mental prep and how much extra work you have to put in and the, the tape you got to get watched and the game plan and stuff you got to study. Being new to the CFL, what have you learned about, um, you know, some of these hard-fought games? You know, you still got three games against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that come, but you've already, you know, had two hard-fought battles against the Stampeders. You know, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that pretty much every game is going to be hard fight. You know, we, we've had a lot of games come down to the wire. Those first couple games in Ottawa or with Ottawa, those, those were tough. Those were hard fight, you know, came down to the, to fighting it out at the end. Um, and like you said, the Calgary games, I, I think with the way the game set up and especially how the last three minutes are, a lot can happen quickly there at the end. So you never know what's going to happen or, you know, we were up big in Toronto and then it ended up being a super close game. So I think the biggest thing I've learned is that every game is going to be hard fought, and we kind of know that going into it. Last one for me. Um, you know, Brady Oliveira talked about after the game how he, proud he was to kind of show everybody out there that he's capable of, you know, uh, making big plays and making big catches and big blocks and, and the rest. How proud are the guys um, or the offense as a whole that you were able to get the run game going as effectively as you did? I think everyone's very proud of that. I think it's important as an offense to um, – establish that that running game or win the win the line of scrimmage per se and you know just have a balanced attack and i i think we're, we're all confident we know that we can do that so it definitely feels good to go out there and do it dalton shown speaking to the media following practice here today being tuesday in winnipeg their only practice this week they put out their injury report i do apologize to you guys i'm not able to uh do some screen share right now uh to show you the injury report for uh the winnipeg blue bombers right now uh but uh it pretty much looks the exact same 
uh, as it did last week. So Jackson Jeffcoat, uh, Greg Ellingson, amongst uh, others who uh, were not participating in practice, still do not know uh, their status going into Thursday night in Montreal. Uh, with it being a Thursday night game, that means the depth chart will come out on Wednesday and we will get a good look uh, at how the Blue Bombers will line up. It's the third of three straight road games. It's a short week. We're entering CFL week nine. The Blue Bombers have yet to have a bye. Uh, so things are getting tough uh, on the bodies and the minds, uh, no doubt uh, about that. Um, Want to ask uh, answer a couple questions you guys uh, have uh, asked uh, in the live chat. And, uh, well, this is a, a good one to, to get things started. Predictions for the game this week. Well, if you look at the games this week, and then this is what I'm going to tell you guys um, encourage you guys to do go to sia.com slash bonfire. If you sign up through this link, you help support us here at bonfire sports, you'll get a nice bonus. Uh, and then you can kind of play around, uh, you know, bet just like one, two, three dollars on, on a game. Uh, you can do that, uh, at sports interaction. So the bombers in Montreal, Winnipeg five and a half point favorites, and the over under is 47. I like the Winnipeg blue bombers to win outright. Uh, so you can, you know, place a money line bet on that. If you so choose five and a half point favorites, I think Winnipeg can beat Montreal by two touchdowns, despite the short week, despite the travel, uh, Winnipeg is, is just clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, I don't think uh, Montreal is going to give them too, too much to handle. Chandler Worthy, who already has two return touchdowns this season, the star returner for the Montreal Alouettes, he has been ruled out this week. So it kind of helps stabilize the threat of special teams uh, either deciding the game or getting the Montreal Alouettes back into the game. On Friday, the Stampeders are in Ottawa and Calgary six-point road favorites uh, for this game. The over-under is 50 points, so they're expecting it to be a high-scoring game. Could be some value there if you think Ottawa and Calgary might go a little bit more toe-to-toe -to -toe defensively, or if you think Caleb Evans and Bo Levi Mitchell uh, will continue to uh, put up big numbers like they did last week. Um, another thing to keep in mind uh, is Kadeem Carey. Um, still undetermined of what his status is for the game on Friday in Ottawa, but uh, I believe he is a definitely firmly in the conversation for CFL most outstanding player this season uh, has averaged over 100 yards in each of his last or in his last three games had two 100 yard games going into uh, the game against Winnipeg and then finished with around 90 uh, against the Bombers back on Saturday, a six point uh, favorite for the Calgary Stampeders. Well, that, that's a really, really good number right there. If you think the Stamps can win by seven, um, that'll pay you a 1.91 odds uh, on your bet. So if you bet 10 bucks, you'll win $9.10 uh, in addition. So Saturday is the doubleheader. It starts with uh, the old Ballard Cup and Hamilton in Toronto to face the Argonauts. And this game, I jumped all over on sports interaction. Um, the Ticats are two-point underdogs to the Toronto Argonauts. To me, the Argos are a very, very talented team, but they are a team with the screws a little bit loose right now. Or maybe that's even an understatement. The screws could be a lot loose right now. Uh, I think Hamilton will not only cover two points, uh, that they are underdogs, but I think they will win this game uh, outright. The money line pays 2.1. So if you bet $10, you win $21 or 
back your way or a dollar ten. Uh, back your way. Uh, And then wrapping up uh, Saturday uh, in BC, the Edmonton Elks are in town. 12-point favorites the BC Lions are at home. That is a huge, huge number, especially in the CFL. If you watch the games this year, even if you just go and scroll back and look at the scores You don't see those huge margins of victory too often. I understand it's happened twice in Vancouver with this BC Lions team. They put the boots to Edmonton in week one. They did the same thing with Toronto soon after that. But Edmonton has improved greatly since then. Taylor Cornelius started the season on the practice roster. He's now their starting quarterback. Trey Ford, the Canadian rookie quarterback, um, is 1-0 as a starter, is injured and looking like he could be an option to go in Vancouver on Saturday with two quarterbacks options and what Chris Jones is able to do with his system um, on defense, uh, just giving players opportunities to make plays. It's taken some time, but Edmonton is a much better team than their two-win record. If you see value in Edmonton either well, frankly, just not losing by 12 or more points, uh, you can definitely um, find a way uh, to to uh, find value uh, in that game. So go to SIA.com slash bonfire. It's uh, right below there uh, on the screen. It's in the video description below uh, as well. And uh, you can get a nice little bonus and, and support us here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Uh, Willie Jefferson recently became the only player in CFL history with 50 sacks and 50 pass knockdowns. And it's been said over and over, but it's worth repeating when asked to comment on that, Willie Jefferson said halfway there looking for hundred, hundred. Well, I didn't ask him about that, but I asked Willie a couple questions about going into Montreal this week, as well as looking back on a very big win in Calgary. So here is Willie Jefferson of the dark side defense. Willie, how you feeling? I'm good. Ready to ready to fly to Montreal in the morning. I know you guys are on to Montreal and, and you want to get to one and oh, but um looking back to last week, if we could, um beating Calgary in McMahon, them coming off a bye and, and never having lost coming off a bye with Bo Levi as their starter. Um, everybody talking about it being the, the heavyweight bout of the season. I, I know your goal is still months away, but how good did it feel? to win that game? It felt, it felt really good. You know, uh, not too many teams have the opportunity to go into go into that stadium and win, especially, you know, like you said, after a bye week with Bo and things like that. So it, it was it was like the odds were kind of really stacked up against us. But, you know, this season, man, we, we have a really good team. You know, we have, we have a really good defense. We got a, a, an explosive offense and, and we are, and we are, trying to get it to where we're playing together all three phases for the whole game and not just the second half. And I feel uh, playing against Calgary, the way we played them, the time we played them, you know, everything, like how everything stacked up, I feel like that was a great game for us. You know, we were banged up. You know, we got some guys hurt. And we still went up in there and, and handled business. Like, it was, it was a tight game. Uh, till the fourth quarter, and then you know uh, our offense uh, did what they had to do, and 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 the defense came up with some stops, and we we came out with a win. So you know, uh, like I said, well, like you said, you know, them being the, as tough as they are at home, and us being the team that we are, 
right now in the middle of the season, you know, battle for number one in the West. And we know uh, pretty much everything is harder in the West. So it was a good game. We, we, uh, we got, what, three weeks until we see him again here at home. And it'll be, a, it'll be another uh, tough test then. Can't wait. Appreciate it, Willie. Travel safe. Appreciate you. Thank you. Three weeks uh, away, and of course, they're already circling their calendars. The Bombers and the Stampeders, I understand the Bombers and the Rough Riders, uh, one of, if not the best rivalry in the CFL today, but these Bo Levi Mitchell, Dave Dickinson Blue Bombers against these Adam Big Hill, Zach Kolaris, Mike O'Shea Blue Bombers, Bomber Stamps, uh, unbelievable rivalry between these two teams and Saturday a great example of just how good both of these teams are and how hard they play against one another both played really tight crisp football no turnovers in the game not a lot of penalties in the game it was really a war of attrition uh, and in the end uh, it came down to whoever was able to score last I understand Winnipeg had a pretty healthy lead uh, through the majority of the game, but it was a lot closer than the scoreboard maybe suggested. I uh, want to get into uh, a couple comments uh, or questions that have hit up the live chat. And thanks to everybody who is joining us live on YouTube and Facebook. Be sure to check us out on bonfiresports.ca. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, search Bonfire Sports on your favorite podcast app. We are on pretty much all of them. Uh, so be sure to uh, hop on there, subscribe, and uh, give us a listen when you're cutting the grass or, or doing uh, doing your thing uh, away from a screen. Uh, Larry mentions the Argos are going in the wrong direction. I completely agree. That East Division that uh, the Toronto Argonauts lead right now with a record of 3-3, three and three, wide open. And Hamilton in Toronto this week uh, have a chance to, well, they would move into a tie uh, in points with the Argos, but with a win over them, I believe they would at least take first place uh, in the short term uh, in the East Division. Uh, Fritchie, who is always joining us here on Bonfire Sports. What's going on, Fritch? Uh, early this season, many were dumping on Winston Rose. Yeah, he had some bad games to start the season. Uh, have we noticed his game being tightened up over the last five um, you know, Comet had a great uh, answer to that question. Rose isn't getting killed by explosion plays anymore, but still getting caught playing soft underneath, resulting in, in some of those easy catches. But Booch chimes in. This is how good the live chat is here on Bonfire. Uh, those soft underneath passes is what they are giving them, what the Blue Bombers defense is giving opposing offenses. You're right, Booch. Uh, with next to no TDs given up, that is the plan. Uh, it's working for Winnipeg. Uh, they hadn't allowed a rushing touchdown so far this season until uh, Kadeem Carey had two in Calgary this past week. Uh, I don't expect Winnipeg to change up too much in the next couple weeks and, and with their first bye uh, before they face the Calgary Stampeders back here in Winnipeg uh, on Thursday, August 25th. That is going to be a great game and uh, what a stretch upcoming here for Winnipeg after this home and home against the Montreal Alouettes. So, of course, in Montreal on Thursday, back home against the Alouettes uh, one week following on Thursday night. Then they have their first bye of the season in Week 11. Winnipeg then has Calgary at home in Saskatchewan for the Ban or for the Labor Day Classic, back home against the Riders for the Banjo Bowl, and then they travel to Hamilton for another Grey Cup rematch right where the game was played 
um, at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, a couple other questions that have come through tonight, uh, and thanks to everybody sticking around uh, uh, after Zach's departure here uh, on uh, Bonfire Midweek. Uh, Sandy asks, who makes up the CFL schedules every season? Well, if you go back to our pregame show, uh, Game Day Winnipeg, going into the game in Calgary this past weekend, uh, you can find it on our channel and in the podcasts. Walby and I talked about this and, you know, it, it's been a tough stretch for Winnipeg with the way the schedule has shaken out in this first half, no buys, lots of road games uh, and the rest, but the rest of the way it looks so much better. A lot of home games uh, and three buys, of course, uh, will definitely help the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But Chris Walby mentioned uh, on game day Winnipeg this past week that there was a first draft of the schedule. And that Mike O'Shea really liked that first draft. They ultimately went with a different draft of the schedule. Who makes them up? Well, there is a schedule master, uh, presumably in Toronto, but in the CFL offices or contracted by the Canadian Football League. Very likely a team of people that have to bring into account not just ensuring everybody plays each other and equal amount of home and road games, but the dates the availability of the facilities, as well as travel and rest for teams. If they're going from east to west, uh, if they're going on a short week, if you play on a Thursday, you probably don't want to um, you know, uh, have that coming after playing on a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, I understand that happened with Winnipeg, uh, and they've had some tough travel. But when it comes to making the schedule, there is infinite moving pieces and, of course, availability of buildings. Uh, very, very important. But uh, Really appreciate the question, Sandy. Uh, great one there. Uh, comment mentioning Chandler Worthy is scary fast. Lucky for the Blue Bombers, no doubt. Fortune uh, on Winnipeg's side with him uh, being unavailable uh, for to, uh, this week's game uh, on Thursday uh, in Montreal. He is lights out and essentially stole Mario Alford's job, who is now since uh, signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But he was like all-star caliber kick returner. Um, and uh, Chandler Worthy comes over from Toronto, takes his job, and, and that's uh, uh, pretty much the way uh, it shaked out. Um, yeah, uh, any more questions or comments, be sure to hit up the live chat. Uh, of course, as we always do, Chris Walby is going to join me for pregame coverage, as we always do, the day before the game. So if the Bombers play on a Saturday, we're going 3 o'clock on Friday. The Bombers play on Thursday this week in Montreal. So we will be live uh, Wednesday at 3 p.m. immediately following Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're watching Hustler and Remus on WST, uh, you will raid or join us directly uh, as uh, you know we we jump uh, right over. Um, just uh, scouring for a couple more questions here uh, in the live chat. And guys, you know it, you without you the this channel would not exist so be sure to uh, go down to the video below give us a thumbs up give us a like uh, subscribe if you haven't yet be sure to jump into the comments share this show with your friends and family that might be interested in doing it I've, I've had to teach my parents how to download a podcast or how to pull it up uh, on YouTube but now they've got it down and they enjoy watching and, and listening uh, every week um, so uh, a couple questions here um, and this one from Paul Adet, who's watching live on YouTube. Hey, DB, do you think Brandon um, will be back in September? Uh, Brandon Alexander uh, had knee surgery in the days following the most recent Grey Cup and obviously stayed in Winnipeg and has not been available um, 
stayed in Winnipeg throughout the winter and has obviously not been available uh, so far this season. No word on Brandon Alexander, but the way the Blue Bombers are playing, in particular on defense, the way Nick Hallett played in his first CFL start as a third-year uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber, uh, as the way Malcolm Thompson has played so far this year, there is no reason to rush Brandon Alexander back. The last thing you want when somebody has major knee surgery like that is to get them into a game or to push them in preparation for a game and have them suffer a setback uh, because there's probably no coming back for that. So better to have him down the stretch when you really need him uh, than try to get him in a, a week or two early. So September, who knows? We will see. Uh, but of course, as they say, after Labor Day is when the season uh, really, really starts. Um, yeah, we've got people uh, watching uh, in the territories. Uh, very cool. Uh, thanks for joining us here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Uh, yeah, just uh, spinning through the comments here uh, to see uh, if we got any other questions. Um, yeah, uh, the hats. I know. I know everybody really working hard to get Chris Walby a triple XL t-shirt uh, or, uh, and get some hats made up for the fans. I know you guys have been clamoring for them, working hard to do that a little bit down the priority list right now, but uh, we are going to do everything we can uh, to uh, get those uh, available to you out there. Uh, all of you who are supporting uh, bonfire sports really appreciate that. Uh, as well. Waiters asked if I'm um, surprised by the Raheem Wilson uh, release by the um, Calgary Stampeders today. Uh, absolutely, I am. This is somebody who was just battling back from injury and was able to get into the lineup uh, in Winnipeg's first game against Calgary a few weeks ago. Played uh, Pretty well, uh, from what I saw re-watching the game today. Had one uh, coverage bust, but then made up for it. Had a very good play uh, on a tackle uh, later in the game. Raheem Wilson is a veteran and talented defensive back in the CFL. Always surprising when you see a starter cut from a team suddenly, especially a team like Calgary that's going through a little bit of uh, injury bangs and bruises uh, right now. Um, one thing is for sure. Football is about recycling. Football is about stealing ideas. Uh, it will not be long. Raheem Wilson will be unemployed. I expect him um, to uh, to sign somewhere very, very soon. Uh, Larry mentioning that the Blue Bombers scouting is lights out. Uh, keep bringing in big-time players. Somebody else was asking about uh, Danny McManus, if he was involved in the Dalton Schoen signing. He was. Dalton Schoen uh, mentioned that uh, this week he was on uh, the Handled Internally podcast with Darren Cameron and Ed Tate of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, really interesting listen, really interesting young man Dalton Schoen is. And uh, it was Danny McManus who uh, found him, uh, identified him and, and tried to bring him to the CFL. Uh, small spoiler from that interview. Dalton Schoen had watched the Canadian Football League, saw the motion of the receivers, but when he came to Canada, he did not know there were 12 players on offense and 12 players on defense, one more than the NFL and, and college football, until he had the Blue Bombers playbook. And he started looking through and he's like, oh, there's 12 guys on the field. Okay, well, this kind of makes sense why, you know, uh, you know, these strange things are, are happening uh, offensively. Uh, that all said, um, you know, uh, very, very insightful interview and uh, entertaining listen. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, I think you can uh, find it where most podcasts 
uh, are found. Uh, Vicky, uh, who always joins us here on Bonfire Sports, having a full season, it's really strange. We don't play each team two times. They seem to be slanting it so East plays East and West plays West more times. Don't want all the East time with no wins. Um, I think you mean wins, uh, or I think that's what uh, Vicky meant. Uh, a balanced schedule would be something uh, I, I think worth exploring. Um, the Canadian Football League uh, has always been about basing things on tradition. Uh, it is a new era and you do need to ensure that you don't get too kind of stuck in your ways because you do want uh, to compete and be a valuable entertainment product and compete with other things out there, sports or otherwise. Um, is one division coming to the CFL? Like, will that day come where there is no East and West? There is no crossover between divisions. I'm not sure. I think if a 10th team comes into the league, which odds are right now not looking too likely, at least in the near future, um, if that 10th team comes in, I could see them sticking with East and West uh, for a while. I understand it. It has been uh, very, you know, uh, truncated, very slanted towards the power being in the West division and, and some weaker teams being in the East. Um, but if the Canadian football league remains at nine teams for a while. I think it might come down eventually to be like, okay, we have to make a change. We have to uh, make it a balanced schedule, make it a nine team, one division, one conference, one league. Um, and then have a balanced schedule where if it's nine teams and you play 18 games, you can play every team uh, twice, um, you know, once at home and, and once on the road. Uh, it all makes sense. Uh, but of course, uh, the Canadian Football League and, and its Board of Governors and its Rules Committee all need to, um, you know, decide on that. But hey, you're the fans out there. If that's what you want, make your voice heard. Um, it's easier than ever in today's day and age of, of social media and electronic uh, communication to uh, be able to do that. Um, just uh, continuing to scroll through here and um, uh, see if there's any more questions uh, from People in the live chat, uh, yeah, waiters, you're right. Uh, we did used to think uh, Brendan Tamman was the best for scouting. Uh, he built some very, very good football teams here in Winnipeg, came very close to winning uh, some Grey Cups, uh, went on to Saskatchewan where he was able to win a Grey Cup and uh, on home turf as well. Uh, I don't think uh, the Rough Riders are looking too likely right now uh, to uh, be in that game or win that game, of course, in Regina, Grey Cup 109 uh, this coming late November. Um, yeah, Brandon Rodriguez, who's watching live on YouTube, kind of agrees, wish they'd get rid of the East and West and focus on uh, and just do a one and two for the playoff and then, you know, three versus six, four versus five with one and two uh, getting the buys. Um, yeah, the, the crowds in Toronto, uh, I know this autocorrected, or, uh, oh no, you got it right there. Pardon me. Uh, what kind of the crowds the Argos are getting? They look very sparse on TV. Something to keep in mind in Toronto, and I know this is strange, but all of the camera banks, similar to IG Field, they're on the west bank of the stands. Uh, similarly, in Toronto, they sell 10,000, 12,000 tickets to a game. The majority of those people sit on the same side 
as the television cameras. I know it doesn't make any sense. I know that's frankly stupid, but that's the way it is. So often it'll look like two, three, four thousand people uh, at uh, you know in Toronto, but the reality is that two, three, four thousand you're looking at on TV is doubled on the other side. So um, you know the, the crowds struggle in, in some of those markets. Uh, you know, you can put Calgary in there with uh, BC, um, Vancouver uh, and Toronto, the historical large markets that, that don't too, do too well with attendance. But that said, Vancouver looks to be turning things around. Uh, new ownership, new lifeblood, a new exciting football team. Uh, they're looking to turn the corner and, and get those season ticket numbers up and, and get the crowds up uh, at a beautiful stadium. Uh, that they have in BC Place. Calgary had uh, Family Day, and as you saw, Kadeem Carey's son uh, on the TSN broadcast introduce his father, which was a, a very cool moment uh, that they talked about on the broadcast. Um, Calgary is working very, very hard to, uh, you know, get back uh, to where they need to be in the 20,000 uh, attendance range. To see 25,000 on Family Day is a great thing. Hopefully those people take away uh, a great experience. And while well, it was a great football game, I understand the home team didn't win, but they gave the best team in the land and the two-time defending Grey Cup champs uh, a run for their money. So, um, you know, you never know. The Canadian Football League seems to kind of go on ebbs and flows, but you hope Family Day can uh, kind of retain and keep some of those younger fans uh, for years to come. Uh, waiters, that's a good question about what rule change uh, it would be if, if I it could make one rule change. I'll have to think about that one um, and, and get back to you. Uh, Donnie Boy, who's watching live on YouTube, says, did Tavares Harrison get any touches last game? I don't believe he did. I'm just going to pull up the numbers here. Uh, he didn't. So I, I don't even know if he came into the game. Uh, he's a Blue Bombers practice roster receiver. Uh, that has dressed for two games now and has not been targeted um, in the Blue Bombers offense. Uh, big body, you know, has some good length to him. Kind of reminds me of a taller Clarence Denmark, if I had to kind of describe his body type. Um, but interesting to see today, the Blue Bombers made two uh, small roster moves. They released uh, an American offensive lineman as well as a an American quarterback, Joe Mancuso, who was holding uh, for Mark Leggio uh, in games and, and running some of that some of that short yardage as well. Um, both released from the Blue Bombers practice roster today, so that tells me that they could be getting some guys healthy again. They'll start putting players uh, like say a Tavares Harrison rookie in the CFL this year, take him from the active roster, put him on the practice roster, and then you can activate Greg Ellingson. Just an example, you know, not saying that he will be activated, but we will know by tomorrow morning, by Wednesday morning, when the Blue Bombers come out with their week nine depth chart. So anytime you're making room on the practice roster, always an indication that uh, some players are getting back to health. Uh, WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin uh, says... Uh, or asks, do we know how close Michael Couture is to being back? I see Michael Couture on the field um, and, and has that cast on his broken left arm. Uh, very likely, he is closer to returning than, than being a, a good stretch away, but placed on the six-game injured list, still has a couple weeks to go, I do believe, on the six-game. Broken bones are tough. It uh, depends depends where it happens on the arm. 
Like if you break a bone down by the wrist, less vascular area, I've been told by doctors, I, I am not a doctor uh, in any way, shape or form, but I've been told by orthopedic surgeons that, you know, those vascular injuries or injuries that happen in less vascular areas, like closer to the wrist here, you know what, I'll, I'll get that comment out of the way and then we can see a little bit, um, you know, closer to the wrist uh, can be a tough uh, injury to come back from. If it breaks the arm a little bit higher up where there's more muscle uh, and more flesh, more blood gets to it. It's more vascular and uh, can heal quicker. So not speculating on when Michael Couture will come back, but just stating what we do know. Um, and uh, as of right now, we do not know uh, when he could come back. But hey, Chris Kolinkowski has played fantastic. You know, rewatching the game today, there were a couple times where, you know, you see him calling out the defenses and communicating and pointing. Um, things are working. Uh, and I've saw him, I've seen him, you know, make some very key blocks uh, in the run game in particular. So, you know, to do that against a good defensive line that like the Calgary Stampeders have, um, you know, no reason to uh, rush anybody back. Uh, the Blue Bombers offensive line as it stands right now uh, looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Fritchie. The uh, the Argos need to take out of a page out of the book uh, that BC has in getting fans out to games. Um, I sure hope BC is able to continue to build. I hope uh, Calgary and Montreal are able to continue to build. Montreal has new ownership. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, Gary Stern, uh, a very entertaining uh, guy like Zach and I were talking about a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, very entertaining guy on social media, diehard fan of the team he owns in the Montreal Alouettes. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe check him out. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, so itchy and scratchy, the barbarian great name, by the way, uh, watching live on YouTube. Uh, DB, are you worried about the CFL's future with the XFL and their TV deals? No, no, I'm not worried about the Canadian Football League's future. Uh, I understand there is a lot of money and a lot of um, publicity uh, currency. And by currency, I mean in just the magnetism and, and the celebrity status of someone like The Rock. Uh, they have a lot of money. They have a lot of cachet and a lot of promotion because of the rock uh, and Redbird management group um, that uh, um, owns the league and, and purchased the league off of uh, Vince McMahon and WWE. Uh, but no, I'm not worried about the Canadian football league because it's been able to exist without that, uh, with that, you know, huge 900 pound gorilla in the room. That is the multi-billion dollar business of the national football league. I understand the XFL is going to be playing a schedule that will have more of a conflict with the CFL, but this is what I know about football. The XFL is eight teams as it stands right now. And the Canadian football league is nine teams. So that's four XFL games a week. And that's four CFL games a week. That's half of the early season schedule in the NFL half. So if there is an appetite for football, there will be appetite enough for the XFL and the CFL to exist together. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, uh, but uh, I don't see the CFL. The CFL has gone through much, much worse times than this. Um, you know, I've read some books on uh, the era of the Canadian Football League um, and their expansion into the uh, the United States uh, in the mid-1990s with, uh, you know, Danny McManus and um, you know, uh, Kent Austin quarterbacking the BC Lions against uh, a very, very talented Baltimore uh, Stallion slash CFLers uh, team. Um, 
but um, either way, um, you know, the CFL has been in, in very, very tough spots before. Uh, I think they're going to be just fine, uh, even with a little bit of competition uh, down south. It's going to be an American, uh, big-time American product. I don't see a lot of CFL fans going, oh, there's, there's XFL football. I'm not going to go to CFL games uh, anymore or not watch their favorite team uh, on TSN or whatever it uh, may be. Andrea, I totally agree. The Calgary Stampeders need a new stadium terribly bad. Um, I talked to Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Stampeders, a couple years ago not just about their stadium, but about the city of Calgary and how he was blown away that, you know, Winnipeg and, and even Regina and Saskatoon and Edmonton, they have all of these indoor soccer and football facilities. Winnipeg has built a lot over the last number of years. Um, and Calgary doesn't even have those. So for the Stampeders, nowhere for them to really uh, practice indoors. I think they do have one option, uh, but it, it's not maybe the best facility for them. Toronto struggles a little bit with their practice facility, uh, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, uh, no doubt Calgary needs some infrastructure, um, to, uh, to get things going. Waiters is right. Saskatchewan has had, uh, some, uh, you know, some empty seats this season. There was a postponed game. Of course, that COVID postponement uh, against the Toronto Argonauts went from a Saturday to a Sunday. So a lot of their rural season ticket holders, uh, you know, have a two or three hour drive into Regina for the game or a two and a half hour drive from Saskatoon uh, down to Regina for the game. So it's tough on a Sunday to do that. Uh, if it's Sunday afternoon, fine, you know, like uh, the Labor Day Classic or what have you, um, because you still have time to get home and get to bed at a reasonable hour. If it's a six or seven o'clock start, and I believe it was a six o'clock start uh, that day against Toronto, six o'clock local, of course. Tough for them to get to that game on a Sunday, get home and then be able to go to work uh, on Monday morning. So yeah, some empty seats in Saskatchewan. Uh, I, I don't see uh, that being an indication of, of anything being a, a much more major problem. Andrea chiming in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the gas prices uh, probably discourage some fans from attending the games as well. Um, I can't imagine coming into Regina for a game on the weekend. Like many Blue Bombers fans do, you make the drive out and then suddenly the game is postponed to a point where, okay, I can't even make it to this game uh, without getting, um, you know, being late for work on Monday morning. So um, hopefully that didn't uh, affect too many fans who were driving in uh, for that. Um, yeah, so Corey May says, you know, what works in the West can work in the East as far as drawing fans. It seems like Toronto tries one year and then not so hard for a few I don't know, you know, uh, there are, there's a whole other podcast <laughs> available, um, you know, or, or what would, you know, not even cover a, a fraction of, um, you know, some of those, uh, some of those issues in Toronto. So we'll have to kind of leave it there uh, for now. Um, Paul asking if the Bisons are going to be a force this year in U sports football. I think they are. Uh, I don't know too much about uh, how their offseason is gone. I can tell you this. The Winnipeg Rifles junior football team had an awesome offseason. A lot of players coming back. They are getting new facilities at Maple Grove Rugby Park. That's the St. Patel Mustangs field uh, in the south end of the city near the perimeter and uh, St. Mary's Road. Uh, they're putting in a field turf stadium. They've got new uniforms that we've yet to release uh, to the public. 
full disclosure, I am um, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Rifles junior football team and a member of their board of directors. So uh, I am a little bit biased, but uh, objectively speaking, uh, to people in Saskatchewan and in Alberta and in BC, uh, all where um, the Winnipeg Rifles play uh, in the Prairie Football Conference against uh, uh, a whole bunch of teams from uh, two in Edmonton, um, uh, two in Saskatchewan, one in Calgary, and uh, one in uh, BC as well, uh, that the Winnipeg Rifles are expected to make some serious noise this year. And the Prairie Football Conference Championship game will be hosted uh, in Winnipeg. So uh, the Rifles and head coach Jordy Wilson fully expecting to be there uh, as well. Um, This is a good question from uh, Waiters. Uh, Who's been the defensive player of the year so far? That is a a great question. Um, You could go a lot of different directions right now, but I'll I'll put it this way. When you work in the media, you have conversations that kind of cover everything uh, around a team. And we even talk, we talk about best case scenarios. Like three, four weeks ago, we were talking about like, when do you start talking about an undefeated season without, you know, jinxing anything? Well, the guys, you know, the, the panel on TSN are talking about an undefeated season right now. I felt you need to get to double digits. You need to get to 10 wins before you start talking about going 18-0 and uh, in a season. But in having those conversations, you have the conversations of the good, you have the conversations of the bad. Everybody knows the one player on the Blue Bombers offense that they could not be without. The one player on the defense that I personally believe the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could not be without is Adam Big Hill. So he gets my vote right now for the Blue Bombers' most outstanding defensive player as we're at uh, the half-season mark. Of course, Thursday night when they wrap up in Montreal will be the official uh, midway point for the Blue Bombers with nine games in the books uh, and nine to go uh, as well. Lots of people talking about uh, gas prices in the live chat, which is uh, kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, is um, you know Commonwealth Stadium a white elephant? Um, no, you know, I, it was opened a long time ago. It's got capacity for a lot of seats. Uh, but you know, Edmonton just needs to get back to winning football games. And surely I believe in Chris Jones. I believe he is a smart enough football mind that he will be able uh, to turn it around, you know, love him or hate him. I get it. But the reality is he knows how to build football teams, knows how to acquire talent and, and knows how to win. So uh, I expect Edmonton to uh, be able to turn their franchise around. Reminds me of Winnipeg eight, nine, ten years ago uh, where they were very, very hard strapped to win games uh, at home like the Edmonton Elks ha- have really struggled to do uh, as of late. Um Gregory, love to get to a rifles game. No public transportation to that area of the city. I do believe you can take uh, a bus to the perimeter on St. Mary's Road and then uh, can uh, can walk right into the rugby park uh, and, and check out a game. I, I could be mistaken, but you let me know. I know you will uh, if, uh, if I'm wrong there. Um, this is interesting. Waka Waka. I don't know. Is that Fozzie Bear? Uh, what gives? No Bombers plays in the CFL plays of the week. Three Ticats plays. Yeah, I mean, Winnipeg kind of just played, you know, rock-solid football. Uh, You know, a a 20-yard, what was it? You know, a 31-yard Brady Oliveira run, is that going to make the plays of the week? Maybe not. Um, You know, uh, Drew Olatarski, second down conversion catch, keeping his toes in bounds. Maybe on uh, on a quieter week, but uh, there were a lot of uh, entertaining plays 
uh, in CFL week eight. So, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Your team's eight. No, uh, don't feel too bad uh, about uh, that. How about this? Sandy mentioning that TSN replaying the Winnipeg-Calgary game at 9.30 tonight. Um, a lot of people I've noticed don't know this. Here is a bit of a secret for you. Um, you don't have to wait until 9.30. If you subscribe to TSN, you can go to tsn.ca, sign in with your cable uh, credentials. That is, you know, whether you're with Shaw or MTS or satellite, whatever. If you pay for TSN and you pay to watch uh, TSN 3, the, the Jets games, the Bomber games, whatever, you can go to tsn.ca and at the top it says live. Uh, you can click on that and then watch games on demand. You can find it in there, uh, Google it, very easy to do. Uh, I've run into so many people, especially with these last couple weeks, where they've been at the lake and they come home and they're like, oh, I want to watch the game, but I can't find it. I don't have PVR. I can't find it on the PVR. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out of luck. Go to tsn.ca. You can rewatch the games. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, thanks for the tip, Sandy. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that tip as well. Sometimes it is nice to kind of watch it organically uh, without, you know, hitting the hitting the PVR and jumping around uh, too much. Um, Corey says, sorry for the curveball. No, no worries there, man. Uh, it's it's uh, always good to get into the live chat with you guys. And how about this? You know, Zach's been gone for 45 minutes and, uh, you know, we, we just been having fun here. I might have to have a, a cup of uh, tea at the end of this one. I will grab a sip of water. Give me a second, folks. But I'm having a blast, you know, but Walby and I are going to do this again tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go live at three o'clock uh, on game day, Winnipeg, get into the pregame show um, ahead of Bombers and Alouettes on Thursday, as we always do the day before the game live at three o'clock right here on Bonfire Sports. If you haven't yet subscribe and when you subscribe, a little bell will pop up uh, on the screen. Uh, and if you click that bell, you'll get a notification on your phone. It'll let you know when we are live with Bonfire Midweek, Game Day Winnipeg pregame show, Game Day After Dark postgame show, Bonfire in the Dark. Yeah, a little bit in the dark here. Let's see if we can fix that. How about that? Oh, there we go. Now we're back in business. You guys can see my uh, vintage early 1980s uh, Smythe Division, Norris, and, and the, <laughs> the rest. Uh uh, pucks on the plaque there. That was uh, in the old family business uh, uh, of mine. My grandfather, my father, my uncle used to own a hotel and in the beverage room, the old beverage room, they called it, uh, you know, where uh, there'd be spilled draft and uh, shuffleboard wax all over the place. Um, that was on the wall there for many, many, many years. And the story I've been told about this plaque is that it was from 1983. And when you would go to Texaco, Oh, yes. You go to Texaco and fill up your tank, uh, the old Texaco gas stations. They would give you a puck when you filled up your tank at Texaco, and then you could kind of like order uh, the wood plaque, uh, and, the, you know, they would send that to you, and you could put all the pucks on there. But all of those are, are screwed on old school style with like, you know, drywall screws uh, mounting them there. That's I guess that's how they did it uh, back in the day. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, needed to uh, spruce up the um uh the bonfire studios a little bit recently moved bonfire studios uh late uh lately so uh just trying to uh, get things back to uh uh you know interest uh for the eyes out there uh watching along um 
Yeah, appreciate everybody who uh, is uh, continuing uh, to watch us here. Max, my eyes, yes. I know suddenly you can see uh, my face for radio after 10 years with TSN Radio. Um, I learned that uh, full well. Um, here's a question from waiters I get from a lot of people. Uh, do you and Walby consider doing post-game shows uh, last season? I watched the pregame. Well, this is the challenge. Chris Walby often works the Blue Bomber games. You know, Wade Miller will uh, bring him into IG Field. He'll get on uh, the Jumbotron, uh, you know, with uh, Gabriel Marchand or whoever the in-game, in-stadium game host is, uh, and, you know, uh, go around, sign some autographs, take some pictures. The guy is truly a legend from North Winnipeg uh, and the greatest to ever play offensive line in the CFL. Um, I'm going to call him the greatest Canadian to ever do it. Stanley Bryant, probably the greatest American in both Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, you know, guys on the offensive line, blue collar, you know, uh, getting dirty and, and getting the job done, just like uh, so many hardworking people uh, here in Southern Manitoba. But um, yeah, you know, we we considered doing a post game. It just wasn't able to work because Walby was at the games or heads out to the lake uh, on the weekends. Uh, you know, I got to shout out uh, his beautiful wife, Vera. She um, is just a lovely person and it's so pleasant to uh, uh, talk to and see when I do see her. Uh, her patience has no bounds for Chris and, um, you know, him staying in town uh, a little bit later when the Bombers play on a Saturday night uh, or even a Sunday. And, and you know, we do the, the pregame uh, the day before. So Walby's a little bit uh, tied up uh, with the postgame, but hey, you know, Mike's still um, Zach Schnitzer, who has joined me for the majority of them, uh, this season, uh, Taylor Allen is filled in on our most watched, uh, post game show ever. Uh, we have tons of fun on game day after dark. If you haven't checked us out after the bombers play, you can download the podcast. You can watch it, uh, well afterwards, but if you join us live, like hundreds of people do, uh, we get things going just about 15, 20 minutes uh, after the game. I like to hear from head coach Mike O'Shea, and then we go live to air uh, and kind of uh, get things going. The Bonfire Basement, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, no longer in the basement. Uh, I've got a nice view over some trees here, which uh, uh, definitely helps uh, the longer days uh, in the lab here, as I like to call it, uh, the Bonfire Sports Studios. Um, yeah, you know, great, great questions. Uh Comment mentioning what a lot of people would like to do. Drink champagne uh, out of the gray cup. Uh, <laughs> Sandy, uh, go fund me for the electric bill. I, I would appreciate that. Uh, it, it can get racked up when you got all this technology going on. Uh, no, I kid, of course. Uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, everybody who uh, who joined us today, uh, appreciate you a lot. Zach, uh, very busy family man. He has a beautiful, gorgeous family, a lovely wife, Maya, uh, and, and two beautiful kids. Um, you know, his son is a handful. His daughter is hilarious um, and, and, and so much fun when I do go over there uh, and visit them. Uh, but uh, of course, he had to go family first, as always. But uh, Zach will join me on the post game, game day after dark. We'll get that going um, 15, 20 minutes uh, after the final whistle in Montreal on Thursday. But you don't want to miss the pregame. That's when me and Chris Walby uh, get things going tomorrow. That's Wednesday, live at 3 o'clock, immediately following Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, how about that? There he is right there in the live chat. The man himself, my co-host, Zach Schnitzer. Hi, everyone. Miss you. My son is asleep, but I need a few more minutes uh, as he likes to listen for the dang door, says Papa Schnitz. Uh, well, 
I hope you and your whole family sleeps well tonight. I know I will after talking uh, for the better part of two hours uh, straight. Um, last question uh, so often from waiters. Wonder if the Bombers and Jets play at the same time this season. Bonfire, Kenny and Rennie, will we go up against each other? Uh, that's a good question. I have yet to cross-reference all of those games. I'm going to be working Manitoba Bison's volleyball and basketball games at uh, the Investors Group Athletic Center this winter writing for nhl.com doing bonfire sports we're going to get some hockey coverage going here on the channel this year to add to the awesome roster of hockey that we have here in winnipeg by so many people uh, in the more mainstream media uh tons of fans out there have some great podcasts and video casts uh webcasts as well but kenny and rennie a legal curve uh hustler um and and michael remus uh such a great community of people we have here uh, in Winnipeg to serve you, the fans out there. Uh, really looking forward to that. But I'm going to have to cross-reference those Jets and Bombers games. I don't believe there's any conflicts, but we will make it work. Uh, Kenny and Rennie, good friends of mine. Uh, we're all really close and supportive of one another, all of us. Uh, Hustler, Illegal Curve, um, and Bonfire Sports. So uh, we're looking forward um, to uh, this all continuing. I'm glad... Uh, Corey May just mentioned this. Who sells CFL trading cards? Uh, if you Google Sports Cards Winnipeg, you're going to be able to find some of those. But I'm actually working right now uh, on uh, a little bit of a, a promotional agreement. So I, I won't mention anything yet, but I would love to open up some CFL Upper Deck cards uh, that just came out uh, a week or two ago. There's some very, very cool cards uh, in there. Uh, it'll throw me back, you know, 30 plus years ago when I was a kid, or maybe 25 plus years ago when I was a kid, uh, and, you know, in my early teens, um, loving uh, sports cards, hockey cards, football cards, uh, and the rest. Uh, Upper Deck has a beautiful new set out, and uh, I would love to get some of those uh, on the channel uh, here. Yeah, Paul, I totally agree with you. Paul Adet says the live chats are the best thing to happen for fans. You're immediately involved. You are part of the show. Uh, and we appreciate you so, so very much. Um, but, uh, you know, Zach is, is mentioning, uh, should he rejoin? Well, Zach, I can barely speak. So we're going to leave it uh, there for tonight. But thank you, my friend, for joining me as always. And to everybody out there, still tons of people watching in the dozens. Uh, thanks so much for your su support. Get down there, like this video, subscribe, uh, copy the link, send it to your friends, send it to your parents, send it to your grandparents, send it to your cousins, uh, anybody out there uh, who you think might enjoy. We really, really do appreciate it. The more support we get, the more content we're going to be able to produce for you uh, here on Bonfire Sports. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, waiters, you're right. As always, uh, 3 p.m. tomorrow, we will see you for the pregame show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we will see you tomorrow and postgame on Thursday, but next time here, Tuesdays at 7.30 on Bonfire Midweek. I'm Darren Bombing, and for Zach Schnitzer, we'll see you next time. Half of your schedule uh, behind you or in the books uh, in, in just a matter of two days.
how impressive is it, or have you ever seen uh, a receiver in his first year of pro football play like the way he does? And how stabilizing has that been with, you know, some of the injuries your receivers have gone through? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dalton right away from camp, you could tell there was something about him, even his, uh, you know, college tape, some of his NFL work. Um, you know, we were excited to get him here in, in, into the building. And, uh, you know, guy took every rep at camp, you know, played multiple spots, uh, you know, showed up in shape, um, you know, hasn't hasn't missed a beat, um, you know, very high football IQ. He's getting, you know, better and better each week with just understanding, you know, the CFL game. Right, and understanding how to play the receiver position, um, you know, so so that's been awesome to see. Uh, you know, also, you know, with with Dalton, um, you know, he's able to you know, give us you know some flexibility as well. You know, when you have a guy that can do multiple things and and uh, you know move around here and there, you know, it it opens everybody else up as well, right? So you know, there's 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 a lot of things that, you know, he does well for us. And, and, you know, we're continuing to, you know, learn more about each other and, uh, you know, hopefully get better each week. But, but he's, uh, he's been a very, uh, you know, good pro in, in, you know, what's been his rookie season in the, in the CFL. And, you know, I think that's the, that's the most impressive thing is he, he's, he works hard, you know, he, he's humble and, and uh, He's excited about the process and he loves playing, you know, with the guys. Tell me what, uh, what goes into facing the Montreal Alouettes defense, uh, a team that, um, you know, moved on from their defensive coordinator just a few weeks ago. Does that add a wrinkle to game planning for a team tough for the layman, you know, us on the outside to, you know, see if there's huge differences in that Alouettes defense, but does that pose a bit of a challenge or, or are they kind of playing the, the same system that they have all season? Uh, well, you, you know, I think every, every, you know, first time you play a team, you know, it's the first go back to back and, and, you know, we've seen them on tape, but, you know, every, every team plays you a little bit different, you know, so there's always a little bit of that every week. Um, but then you look at, you know, what they're doing, you know, defensively, um, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about a Northorpe defense is they're going to play hard. You know, they're going to be physical, you know, they're going to want to get after the quarterback, you know, they, they pride themselves on on the physicality up front, and you know, like I told the guys today, you know, we got to go out there and you know be ready to you know play one of our most physical games of the season. Um, so you know we know we know those things about about them, um, you know, and 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 I'm sure he's you know continuing to learn his personnel over there and and you know what they want to be. So you know we we got to be prepared, um, you know, worry about our focus, our execution, and, and how we handle ourselves. And, and just trying to go out there and play a clean game like we did last week. It goes into a week like this where um, you're not able to maybe practice as much uh, as other weeks. I mean, the players have a great understanding of what they're doing. Um, we've been in this situation before. I think you rely on your, you know, your prep um, from previous weeks, you rely on your fitness level that you've been maintaining for, uh, you know, since you forget before you got to training camp. So, um, really it's, a, you know, take his, take great care with your bodies, make sure you're well rested, make sure you're putting the right things in your body and just make sure you're physically ready to go.
a lot has been said about this uh, stretch of three road games and, and the buys and the rest, but uh, is this kind of a, a dig deep time for the team? I don't think so. Um, once again, I think the guys have a great understanding of how to handle a, a pile of different situations. They've been, they've been building this for a number of years, right? Um, so it just kind of rolls along. I don't, I'm not sure that it's, uh, you know, digging deeper than any other week, right? You gotta, you don't play your best. Somebody's gonna beat you no matter what. So, um, buys, time off, days off, all that stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't really enter into a lot of discussion. That's impressive. Um, you got any uh, health update for us? Anybody in and out this week? Uh, the CFL mandated injury report will be released sometime later today. I'm waiting with bated breath. Thank you.